Hi friends and welcome to a Welcome Rarity podcast. Here we talk about self-love, we talk about our relationship with self, sometimes we talk about male, but honestly it's just whatever I want to talk about with context and the framework of being kinder to yourself and loving yourself. This is my intro song. Before we get started today, I wanted to give myself a little shout out. I was a guest on another podcast called Taft Tea House Podcast. It's a podcast hosted and produced by Taiwanese American Foundation, a summer conference hosted for Taiwanese Americans across the country. Their podcast interviews different taffers, campers, counselors, and other staff members, and shows the diversity of the people who attend the conference and i was lucky enough to be a part of that it was really fun being the host was super kind and a great interviewer and i got to talk about one of my favorite things which is being a camp counselor for a taiwanese american organization so if you are interested in that it was a wonderful conversation and it's a wonderful podcast so i'll leave the link in the description if you're interested or you can look up taft tea house podcast on spotify Today I wanted to talk about how we talk to the youth about the concept of growing up. How do I start this? The reason I want to talk about this is I feel like when we talk about growing up, being an adult, leaving childhood or whatever you want to call it, we phrase it as the real world. When you get into the real world, you understand, or this won't fly in the real world. But what makes quote-unquote adult world more or less real than not being an adult? I remember I was a camp counselor for middle schoolers, and one of them said, why do we call it the real world? My life is real. My world is real. It's not fake. Something along those lines. It was very profound. Like, why do we call it the real world? The world is real for everyone, no matter your age, is it not? Why do we invalidate the experiences of the youth because they haven't experienced the stresses and hardships of adulthood? That doesn't make their experience any lesser than, right? And as I got older and went through college and put myself through a lot of stress about what am I going to be when I leave college and enter the real world, I found myself kind of betrayed by this idea of quote-unquote the real world. And growing up, a lot of the times we see this transition, this um, in-between place from structured schooling to working full-time, let's say. I'm speaking in a traditional sense, traditional life events sense. I think that makes sense. I think when society and other adults speak of this transition from sheltered, adolescence, childhood, whatever, to quote-unquote adulthood, quote-unquote the real world, they paint it as if it's kind of like a snap thing 
and oh, you graduated, you're an adult now. Oh, you have a job, you're an adult now, right? And these people in their mid twenties are looking around, thinking, "Is this what being an adult is? I don't feel like an adult. I feel very confused, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life." When we've been kind of, we've been surrounded by this narrative of when you enter the real world, something magical happens, and suddenly you're an adult, and the definition of adult is composed and mature. And you have you have your life together, right? That's how we say. That's how we speak of adulthood, as if there's more validity to it, and thus you must rise to the occasion. As I was nearing the end of college, I felt completely lost in what I was doing. I still, a year out of college, still feel that way. I'm a little more accepting of my circumstances, but I'm still. Fumbling through life, not really knowing what I'm meant for, not really knowing what's next for me, and I think through this transition of post grad, I realize that there really is no hard transition. It's very gradual, and I have friends who are in their thirties who are like, "I don't feel like an adult." This concept of growing up and being an adult is. Almost like a work of fiction. I don't know many people who fit this definition of adulthood, the real world, whatever you want to call it. But because of this narrative, because of the way we speak about it in society, we put a lot of stress on people who don't fit into that narrative. The people who don't have their life figured out. Once they start working, the people who don't meet those life milestones the way they might have been expected to. I graduated college. I was lucky enough to have a job opportunity once I left, and it was close to home, so I stayed at home. My commute to work still is the same commute to school, basically.、Uh, my mom. Packs me lunch. I'm very much not the independent adult. The growing up narrative convinced me I was supposed to be. Once I graduated, I thought I was supposed to have this wonderful big job, doing wonderful big things, making a wonderful big impact, and maybe making a decent amount of money, right? And. I was really hard on myself for not having those things, for not moving out on my own, for not moving to a big city, to not getting a big corporate job, for not getting a big corporate job, for not immediately stepping into independence and thus adulthood. But no one ever tells us that, right? Not never explicitly. As we grow up, there is no oh, you know the the time when you're kind of going from childhood, adolescence to adulthood is very confusing. It's very uncomfortable. It's very awkward, and it's not pretty. No one says that to you, at least not as much as they kind of glorify 
this idea of growing up and how everything's just makes so much more sense when you're grown up, right? Because I think there are still a lot of things in adulthood that make no sense to me. I'm still trying to figure out what a 401k is and where to invest stocks and how to edit a podcast. Anyways. So yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about how we need to be more honest with ourselves and the youth about what growing up is and how it's not pretty it's not glorious it's not a one-size-fits-all when i graduated college and entered a small business working in a small department trying to find my own footing where i was I saw around me people who fit the definition of what I thought success was. Moving to big cities, getting cool city jobs, (laughs) uh, eating out at fancy brunches (laughs) and things like that, doing young adult things that are so fun and Instagram worthy. And I was not doing that. I was working in mail, trying to figure out social media, trying to figure out my strengths, trying to blossom where I was planted, except I didn't know it was possible to blossom where I was at the time. I thought it was impossible, but I looked at my peers, my friends, who were very close to me in college, I saw the things they were doing and I thought, wow, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Is something wrong with me? Am I not enough because I'm not doing these things or not getting these same opportunities? They'd have these conversations about corporate life and office life and they were so different from mine because my job was very different circumstantially in environment, industry, everything. And I felt like compared to my peers and my classmates, I was the one who wasn't really doing it. I was failing at adulting. That's how I felt. And then I got asked to speak on a panel of alumni for an organization on campus that I was very heavily involved in during my time in college. And they had given us all these questions about how has this organization helped you succeed in the professional world and what advice do you have for transitioning to the workforce and blah, blah, blah. And I felt so underqualified to answer these questions. I felt like my story and my job were boring, not exciting, nothing to brag about or be too or be too excited about and thus I thought I was not exciting to talk about I was not an exciting person to listen to I felt very self-conscious I felt like why am I here very uh I felt kind of like an imposter like I didn't belong on this panel of alumni who I thought were more successful than I was because They had the definition of success that I thought I wanted or thought I needed 
let's say. And as my friends answered wonderfully and shared their experiences at their jobs that I thought were so cool and glamorous, I somehow... (laughs) I somehow pivoted completely and started talking about how ugly transitioning into quote-unquote adulthood is. A question was asked, what should we expect or do you have any advice for when we transition from being in school to being in the working force? My friends gave wonderful advice about time and passions and about using your extra time to explore passions and to really invest in yourself. And I took it upon myself to add, oh, and if you feel like you're completely lost and confused and not where you're meant to be, that will happen and that's okay. I feel like this podcast should be and that's okay. And I kind of went on the rest of this panel time speaking on my discomfort and my insecurities and how I felt inadequate in my post-grad life, how I didn't think my job was too exciting, how I wasn't really at my fullest potential, how I envied my friends, though I was so happy for them and knew that they deserved nothing but the successes that they had. I wanted what they had as well. I wanted to be there too. And I shared that insecurity with the organization that I was a big part of. A lot of them were friends of mine, underclassmen. I shared some advice that I had gotten from an advisor, which was, Your first job will not be your last job. Your second job will probably not be your last job. And your third job will probably not be your last job. Your life is going to be full of evolution and growth. Your life is going to be filled with uncertainty and confusion and awkward moments, but also beautiful moments and happy moments and... Moments where you realize how far you've come. I don't think we give the youth this disclaimer of adulthood being just as turbulent, if not way more turbulent, or equally turbulent, but to a higher degree? Or to, I don't know. Either way, we speak of adulthood as like this thing, this time in our lives where we figure things out and we understand mortgages and 401ks and retirement and investments and insurance, none of which I even know now. (laughs) We speak of it as this time where like, oh, that's when I'll have it figured out. And that's when life will, that's when life will make sense. And that's not true. I feel like adulthood, or at least early adulthood, I'll say as a young adult, I can't speak for my parents who are like 50. It's a lot of faking it. It's a lot of just trying your best. It's a lot of blooming where you are planted, accepting your circumstances and making the best out of it. 
and making the best out of any opportunity that comes your way, if that's what you want to do. Oh, I, I feel like I'm off track. So I shared these thoughts with this organization, and I was surprised when people came to me afterwards and thanked me for my honesty and my vulnerability. They thanked me for validating their own confusion that they were currently feeling while still in college and the worries that they had for post-college. I had people come up to me and say, thank me for kind of talking about the ugly side of the transition into adulthood. People had told me that they didn't want to come to the panel that night because they were afraid that they would feel worse about themselves after hearing about these wonderful, successful alumni. And it was nice to hear someone say, it's okay to not know where you're going to be. It's okay to not know what you're going to be. It's okay to just be confused and lost disappointed. These are all things that are valid and don't go away just because you've graduated college or entered the workforce or whatever it is that life has deemed quote-unquote adulthood for you personally. Confusion doesn't leave. Not knowing what's going on doesn't leave. You just get better at faking it. You get better at believing that you're going to figure it out. You get better at trusting you're going to figure it out. Hmm, is that what adulthood is? Just more confidence in yourself that you'll figure it out, maybe. Um, but yeah, in that moment where people were coming to me and thanking me and asking me for advice and all these things, I realized and was validated in sharing vulnerability, allowing myself to be honest and raw with youth. I mean, a lot of them were my peers, but they were in a way younger than, well, they are younger than me. Youth, you don't think of like college kids as youth, but we are, they are. <laughs> They're just as lost as you were. I don't know if that made sense. And from there, I felt like this is something to share. This lack of success by society's definition is very common and it's very unfair, but it is what it is. And I think more people need to know that it's okay to not know what you're going to be right out of college. No one really knows. A small percentage of people know, I should say, because there are some people who like kill it right out of college. And you have to be happy for those people, but realize your success is your own path and your own journey. And it's coming in your definition. So when I speak to the youth now, and I mean this as like a camp counselor of like junior high kids, a mentor of high school kids, and a friend to college kids, I speak of this failure that I experienced 
because I feel like people need to realize that failure is okay. And I guess I'm kind of using failure and not reaching the societal definition of success as synonymous in this circumstance, but yeah, it needs to be shared. It needs to be more... Failure needs to be normalized. Not working at a big company in a big city after you freshly graduated from college should be normalized. Living at home with your parents right after college should be normalized. And maybe I'm in my own little world because the college I went to kind of implanted all of this in me, but... Or maybe it's because I grew up in an Asian American household surrounded by a lot of Asian American families. But this is where I came from. This is where I'm coming from when I say all these things. It's relevant to some people, so I think it's worth saying. There is a desire in us as adults, as people who have exited childhood, to want to play up adulthood, play up this role of successes, of job growth and relationship development and professional development. We want to reach these milestones in our lives and then share them with people. And I think that's wonderful because your successes are valid and they are your own. But I wish these people who have influence over the youth, whether that be celebrities, mentors, influencers, teachers, camp counselors, I hope that they take the time to share in their struggles and their failures because we all have them. And when we don't talk about them, sometimes kids don't know that those things exist. And what a sad and traumatic thing it is to believe that I'm failing and no one else has really talked about this before. Or I'm struggling when no one else seems to be talking about it, so I must be doing something wrong. In my life, I found by sharing what I think I'm doing wrong, I let others feel comfortable in sharing what they think they're doing wrong. And we realize maybe struggling's just a thing that happens and that's okay. Maybe we all have to struggle and fall and fail a little before we finally figure things out. Yeah, I don't know how to end this. I think it's just a matter like that what I wanted to talk about was let's talk about failure more. Let's be vulnerable more. I don't feel like we have anything to lose besides pride, which I think is overrated anyways. If you really want to help the youth, if you really want to make people feel better, you got to share the ugly sides of yourself. And I think that's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast is share the ugly sides that I've experienced in my life and how they've led me to beautiful moments in my life where I can now confidently say that I love myself and that I believe in myself and that I know 
that I am destined for greatness, and whenever that may come, it's still destined for me and it will be mine. I used to not be able to say that. Because I felt like I wasn't meeting expectations of success that I had set for myself, that my parents had implicitly set for me, that classmates and professors and whatever have set indirectly. And I found that I would have really benefited from someone telling me that I was going to be fine. I really would have benefited from someone like me telling me that it's okay not to know where you're going to be. It's okay to not know what your legacy is. It's okay to have no idea what the future holds. If anything, that's the way it's supposed to be. So be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. And just be ready to accept all that life has to give you. Right? I'm getting emotional. That phrase, be the person you needed when you were younger. I think I'm doing that. Or at the very least, I'm trying my dang hardest. Dang, dang hardest, my dang hardest, my damn hardest. Okay, I think that's it for today. Let's open the conversation. Let's practice vulnerability. Practice allowing others to see the weakest parts of you. Because what I've learned is that what I believed were the weakest parts of me are actually my greatest strength. It takes a lot of effort and energy to be vulnerable, to have people see you with no armor on. That is bravery. I unknowingly choose to be brave when I choose to be vulnerable and share my struggles and my failure and my negative feelings, my self-doubt. And I think the world needs that. The youth definitely needs that. And honestly, maybe adults do too. This is my outro song. Oh, I was made for this. <laughs>